This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following podcast is hashtag Boone approved. It's time for another edition of the Brett Boone Podcast. Remember when me and you almost went to blows? Lou sent me down three times too, so I know what you're talking about. With your host, MLB All-Star, Brett Boone. Bottom line is... You will become a successful major league hitter by hitting pitcher's mistakes. As he sits down with his sports and entertainment friends from around the world. You are not going to be a successful major league hitter if you hit pitcher's pitches. This isn't just any former jocks podcast. To change the outcome, you got to change the income. You got to change what goes in. Then that changes what goes out. Often duplicated, but never replicated. Just like his bat flip. Okay, now the party starts. The responsibility starts now. Now in its fourth year, this is the one and only Brett Boone Podcast. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by a seven-time All-Star. Won four Silver Sluggers. He had 464 homers, and he was a two-time winner of, of a friend of mine and a, a friend of Nelly's, and that's the Edgar Martinez Award for the Outstanding Designated Hitter. Ladies and gentlemen, Nelson Cruz. Nelson, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you for having me on, buddy. All right, how's your your new? You're in the club now. I've been there for about 15 years, but <laughs> you've only been retired for a short time. You've only been out of the game for a short time. How is it so far? It's been good, man. Uh, enjoying uh, the free time that I always want to have uh, with my family, um, doing the things that I want to do when I when I after I'm done playing. Um, but especially just spending time with my, my kids, you know, that's that's something that I enjoy. Very cool. Um, okay, this time a year ago, you were in spring training with the San Diego Padres, and you were about to go off. I think you're the perfect guy for this. You played in the big leagues for so long. You played 19 seasons. Uh, your first year was actually at the end of my career, 2005. Um, there were new rules being implemented. Now, I'm sitting here as an ex-player, as a fan, looking at these new rules, rules and thinking, wow. For the veteran players, for the veteran hitters, that you have your routine, you go to the plate, you, we have certain checkpoints we go to, and all of a sudden, you're on a time clock. <laughs> what were you thinking going into the season? And, and let's let's go one at a time. The time clock uh, where, where the, you had to engage the pitcher at the seven-second mark, and then he could do whatever he want. What were you thinking going into it? And after it was implemented and, and you played some games, how would you like it? Yeah, before before last year, I asked some players in the minors, like, how was it? Like, what do you like? What do you don't like? You know, they're all different opinions, but most of them, they're positive. And I went to the season thinking, you know, uh, well, uh, at least the game is going to end up quicker. We, we, we're we going to have less time on the field. We can rest quicker. Um, so one start, you know, like anything that you try new, you're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. And then once you figure it out, it's like, okay, this is what it is, you know. We all got to deal with it, um, so let's enjoy it. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, for the good of the game, uh, fans can 
Bihon earlier, they joined again, and and uh, we as a player um, get benefit from it, you know. And uh, at the end, uh, like I say, I love it, and I, I thought it was a great, great job from MLB implementing that. It was amazing because I'm sitting there on the outside and I'm thinking this is going to be rough. You know, these hitters aren't used to that. How are we going to be ready on time? But as I watched it, it seemed like you guys uh, kind of conformed to it like it was no big deal. Once you got through spring training, got into the season as a fan, as somebody in the media now, I loved it because you're right. The fans knew you knew it wasn't going to be a three and a half, four hour game. You knew it was going to be about two hours and 40 minutes. Everything seemed to be crisper, moving along. Everybody's kind of on their toes and and ready to go. So I went in very pessimistic, and I got I came away from it, and I thought, wow, I, I was really wrong. My instincts were wrong. It ended up being a great thing for the game. So I'm with you. I thought it was great, but I just wanted that player's perspective because, you know, I, I didn't get in the box with the time clock. Um, yeah, no, we as a player love it, you know, especially, like I said, we can get home earlier. Uh, for the good of the game, uh, if I have a son and, I, and he he need to go to school the next day, so I know Aliza be home by ten, uh, and he's we have still a chance to watch the game, and the next day he can go to school. So it, it, it plays different roles where everything is for the good of the game, you know. How did you talk talking to teammates of yours that were were base stealers, uh, or the catchers with the you could only throw over twice, uh, pitchers the. the the two time that you can disengage from the rubber, that was diff. That was different. You know, I've talked to some players from my generation that were base stealers going, wow, I'd love to have those rules. When I played. I, I just stole 80 bases. You know, we always say that the old guys always say back in my day, if we would have done that, uh, that's what, that's what you do when you get older. You're, you're too young now, but in, in a while you'll be saying that in my day. Um, so what, what did they say? Did the base stealers like, I liked it too, because I think what it did, was it encouraged? We've been getting away from it a little bit in Major League Baseball. Base running, you know, it seems like they don't move runners like they used to. The, the fundamentals of the game have changed a little bit. Um, but I think it, it did what it was supposed to do. It encouraged the running game again. It had some more action. I think the fans really liked it. What about your teammates? Yeah, I mean, uh, we understand uh, everything of, like, going and creating situations and 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 creating situations for the fans you know get get the fans in the players involved like you don't necessarily have to be the hitting homers but you can create around stealing bases and and a good example of that was the the, the d-backs you know they they did a stealing bases and playing the small ball and they went all the way to the world series so um going back to your questions um Depends on what you see. As a catcher, it was like, wow, what are, what are they doing? You know, <laughs> I can look at anybody. Um, if you're a fast runner, then this is a paradise. That's exactly what I need. Um, but uh, like uh, going back to the, the question was like, uh, uh, you, you can find different opinions, but 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 for the good, again, again, um, the fans like it because it, it created more excitement, you know, when stealing bases and you have the expectations of all oh, these guys going to go at some point. I think something that's been talked about, uh, and, and I think it's inevitable with the, with the technology we have these days and, and how much the game has changed. I think the robo umps are coming. I just do. I know they're going to do it in the minor leagues as an old school kind of player. I, yeah. I like to leave alone as much as you can with the game. I love the human element, 
but there's nowadays, it, and this is probably different from when you first came into the league. It was different then. The umpires were different. You didn't have that yeah. stupid box that we can all watch on TV and everybody's, you know, everybody's the greatest umpire in the world from their couch when really that's not truly even the, the true strike zone. But it seems like you, you've got the iPads in the dugout. You can tell whether it's a ball or a strike right after the fact. Uh, it's just different. Your takes on RoboUmp, do you think it's going to be good for the game if it's if it's eventually put in? And taking it out yeah. of the umpire's hand. I, mean, I have a chance to play, in, like you say, two generations in. And um, last year, I went to rehab in AAA, and I got a chance to play in the three situations where um, the strike zone was calling by the umpire, you can challenge. And the other one was the whole game, just just be there, you watching ball strikes. And like, wow, at least I know that the umpire is not screwing me. Oh, I know, I know my strike zone, but sometimes I have to be aware how big the strike zone of the umpire or how small it is, where he tends to are to call balls and strikes. Um, and I know I can I can be consistent taking the pitches that I that I know that I ball, um, and I don't expect the umpire to call it. So um, I, I like it. The three games that I played in the minors last year, like I said, rehab, um, and and at the end of the game, just use one to make the right call. Like like when they implemented the the, the replay, everybody was like, oh, you know, you don't see what happened. Um, and at the end of the day, you you want to be just to be right, you know and be fair and equal to everybody. Have you seen a difference since you broke in as a rookie to, to say 2023, as far as the umpires, um, the way they are, I, I remember as a player, and this is just me, you know, I play second base. So I got an umpire with me every day. Now my job was to, I buddied up with all the umpires. I asked them where they're going to dinner. <laughs> they needed it. Cause I know in two days they're going to be behind the plate calling balls and strikes. That's just the culture, the way it was. We, we talked yeah. to the umpires. I don't know that I see it that much these days. It's more of a business and, and we take the field. You would know better than anybody. Has it changed? Uh, how good are the umpires nowadays versus when you came in? I think everybody's is improving. You know, um, they give you the, the little thing that you mentioned, um, it put pressure on, I guess, and then because everybody's watching now, like I was watching that game, the, the World Series that Levan Hernandez was throwing and they oh, put a little box there. <laughs> and I go, oh my God, how far away are those pitches, you know? Yeah. Um, Eric Gregg. If, if, you, if you do that right now in this DNA, like today, everybody will be blowing off the umpire, you know, even um, because you can basically know what pitches are closed. I mean, if they're close pitches, you know, you cannot do anything about it. That's the nature of the game of the umpire calling balls and strike. You know, you cannot do anything with it. But when you see stuff like that, you go back like, wow, uh, we, you wish we can have that. At least, do you know, the umpire is not going to go that far calling pitches that are way out of the strike zone. Um, so, like anything, like I mentioned earlier, like anything new, you're always going to be... Um, the spectacle is gonna work. You're gonna like it. But um, once you try, like even 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 few years ago, what they told us, you cannot you cannot step out of the, the the box when you when you hitting. That was hard on everybody. Like wow, I cannot do that. And now it's part of routine. Nobody leave the box anymore. Um, right. um, 
So you're creating creating less dead time um, in in creating in creating more plays in more situations where the farms are more interesting in the game and in watching the game, but the, the the different way. And I just think too. You know, I, I, like I said, at first I was against it. The more I think about it, it's like that's one more, that's one less thing I've got to worry about. Like the worst thing we can't stand is when an umpire establishes his zone early in the game and the good ones do. And you know today, hey, maybe he's given an inch off the outside corner, but he's given me that inside corner. I know yeah. the rules going in. I know with two strikes what he's calling, what he's not. We hate when he just he gets inconsistent. Wait a minute, that wasn't a strike in the second mm-hmm. inning, you know. So with the if it was a robo ump situation, at least going in, you know the strike zone, and and that's yes. one less thing as a hitter that you we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, no, and 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 at least if it's a strike. It's nobody's fault. It's my own fault. Like the umpire right. is not doing nothing against me. The strike zone is this, and that's it. That's it for everybody. It don't matter if you're a rookie or veteran, if you're a side young throwing or you're the rookie pitching, you know, uh, it's gonna be the same for everybody. So at the end of the day, like I said again, you know, you want to be equal, you want to be fair for everybody. I love having a guy like you on that's freshly retired and, and you've played for a long time and you've got to see it. My generation was different. I loved playing, you know, my, my was, mine was early nineties to, to late two thousands. I loved my generation. I loved everything about it. I loved my childhood growing up, my dad's generation. I love watching those games. Uh, it always seems like you hear older players and they're always pouting and crying and Oh, back in my day, you know, we covered that. before. <laughs> and my thought is, you know what? It's not our game anymore. Whoever's playing the game currently, that's their game. It's yes. not for Brett Boone to say, oh, that's wrong and that's right. No, whatever the players, current players decide the game is, it is. I look at today's game. I'm getting used to it now a little bit. The emotion in the game, the celebrating, the and at first glance, it was like, whoa, you know, and, and you'll probably hear a lot of ex-players. Well, back in my day, if you did that, yeah. we're going to drill you in the neck. Drill you. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I mean, that's what you hear. That's what the old people say yes, all the yes. time. Uh, you got to live both ends of it. In 2005, when you broke into the big leagues with Milwaukee, there were a lot of unwritten rules. And if you yes, stepped out of yes. line, you will get drilled. It seems like yes, in 2023, 2023, it seems like there is no unwritten rules. I see guys doing stuff and I'm going, well, if the pitchers are okay with it, they're okay with it. Who am I to say what's right and what's wrong? History will, will judge each and one, each and every one of our generations. That, that, that's not for us to decide. I've yeah. got to change with the game if I want to keep up with the game. I love baseball. It's been my whole life. And and at first, when, you know. And, and, Griffey... and, I, and I believe that was my case, you know. So I come through the old generation, and now I was in the young generation of players. And I have to change to, um, with, 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 I guess, with the mentality and, and the nature of the game. You know, old school, now new school. And and I always was like, I, I just want the players to have fun, to enjoy the game, feel like the, the clubhouse is their home. Like, whatever you do at your house, do it here. Just respect the game, respect your teammates. Right. And that was my mentality always, even when I was coming up, because it was hard for a rookie. You cannot do much. Like, no. you just, in your corner, you don't do much. Be quiet, don't talk. You know, that's just that's the spot. That's the way you deserve to be. Um, and coming up, I was like, wow, I think that's wrong, you know, because 
everybody's helping the team to win games, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it matter if you're a veteran or not. I mean, you, you have your own rules and you're the one in charge of, of, of the clubhouse, but at the same time, you also charge of make sure the, the players that you have in your clubhouse, they're productive, no matter who they are, you know? No, I agree with you. And, and, you know, when you come from a generation where we were taught when we get to the big leagues, you don't speak until you're spoken to until you're kind of, you prove yourself at that level. And it it could be tough at times proving yourself and going through that, you know, that section of your career. But I, to your point, if you've got a great player, especially a great young player, instead of giving him a hard time when he comes up, make him as comfortable as possible to get the the best play you can get out of him from a, from a from the get go you know what i'm saying it, instead of who knows everybody has a different personality everybody responds differently to how they're treated but maybe if you treat him good put him in a in a successful environment you get the most out of your out of your talent yeah um, i mean more relaxed you are you be more likely to be successful and do good so why you want to put pressure and top of the pressure they have to produce at a young age. So uh, that was always my thought. When I had the chance to command and and dictate what's going on in the clubhouse, I want to make sure that the, the young guys, the ones that are coming up, feel comfortable, you know, and feel like this is their home. But like I say, at the same time, you got to respect, respect the game, respect the clubhouse, um, but this is your house. Whatever you feel like to do it, do it here, you know? Yeah, I, I was as a young player, man. They made Nelson. They made me wear a dress three or four times, and I loved it. I'd cut it off short and just ran with it. They didn't know what to do, and they after a while they're like, "This isn't affecting Booney, you know." It's not, and they eventually they just stopped doing it. When I became that veteran in in that clubhouse, I'm with you. Respect was at the top of the the list for me. Respect the guys in this clubhouse that have been here for a long time and and done it. And then go out and play. I don't need yeah. to humble you as yeah. a veteran player. This guy on the mound tonight, he's going to humble yeah. you for me. He's going to teach <laughs> he you. He's going to make job. <laughs> right. He's going to make you grow up. And that's kind of the the tact I took as a as a veteran player. Seeing both sides of it, what do you like better when you first came up, or how the game is currently? Well, uh, um, I mean, you can see really different stuff from going from what is good what was good there and what is good now. Um, that part of like you, the rookie, stay there, don't talk, you know, I don't like that part. But I also love the, the part of teammates going out, having a good time. Uh, I, I'm the veteran, I'm gonna take you to, to, the, to the store, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy you some clothes, you know? You, we're losing that part now in this generation. Um, but the other part is like, you have so much technology. You have so much uh, nutrition. Psych- I mean, from the doctors to uh, the gym, flies, hotels. You know, everything is just getting better uh, for the good of the players. Um, so that's the loud the, the side that I love. Uh, the, the money, you know, the, the new money. generation. Yeah, the <laughs> money, obviously too. Yeah, the money's gotten a lot better yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had Edgar on the show. I've had David Ortiz on the show. You are obviously one of the great designated hitters of, of this generation. Um, you played outfield early in your career, and, and I think you played uh, the field consistently to around 2016. Is that accurate? Yes. Right field, left field? Yes, right field. Yeah. 
Edgar to this day, one of my one of my favorite teammates, still one of my best friends. And I, I often asked him about it. And I said, how tough is it, you know, being a DH? For me at second base, man, and, and we both know hitting is so hard, especially at the big league yeah. level. Uh, it was kind of a, a retreat for me when, when my swing wasn't right. Or I wasn't, I, I wasn't swinging the bat. Well, I wasn't contributing, man. I could take that glove and make a difference. I could make a big mm-hmm. play and feel like I'm contributing in some way. And I used to look at Edgar, who was my DH in Seattle. And I think, man, it, it's gotta be tough when you're a DH, yes. that's all you do. And you're scuffling yeah. like I am right now. You can't go turn a big double play to save a game. Mm-hmm. You've got to kind of live with it. And he taught me, he said, Booney, because he was a third baseman early. And the, he said, when they came to him and said, we want you to be a designated hitter. He said he was pissed. He said, I wanted no part of it. I hated it. He said, until I just <laughs> finally, finally accepted it. And, and I said, okay, how can I be the best designated hitter I can? And he came up with a routine. I remember watching him during the game. He'd be on the bike uh, in the, after his first at bat. He'd be here. He'd be there. He had a routine. When you first started to, to DH and you weren't playing right field or left field, was that a tough adjustment for you? Was it easy? I don't know that I could have done it. Yeah. I mean, my, my first year that I was DHing was when I got, when I signed with Baltimore. And I remember, like, I hate it. Like, I he like, 210, something like that, when I was DHing, like three something when I was playing the outfield because I hate it. Like, wow, I don't like it. Then when I went to Seattle, it was the same situation. I was hitting good when I was playing the outfield and I was coughing when I was hitting um, DH. And then 2017 came and they told me, you're going to only DH. And like, wow, okay, now I have to really lock that in, you know. Uh, I cannot be putting excuses of, you know, I want to play in outfield or whatever. Uh, you just have to do it, you know. Um, so once I put that mentality on, everything changed and I become uh, best uh, a good hitter after, right after that. Um, but everything is like the, the mindset, you know. I tried to find a routine. I asked, I asked David Ortiz, I asked Edgar. Um, and, and I feel like I want to do something that I feel comfortable doing. It. Um, I feel like I'm running in the back and all that. I spend a lot of energy on. So what I was doing, it was just don't see just keep moving around. Um, so once you see you cold off, you know, it's hard to go back and, 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 and warm up. You have to do the bike or whatever. So the things that I was doing, they just stand up the whole game, you know, swing the cage, stay seat. And, and just, that was my, 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 my thing. I never had to do, I, I mean, I, I didn't even like Nelson. I hated when, when I had to, if, if I had a day off and I had to come pinch hit in a big situation, I just didn't like it. I didn't feel yeah. like I was into the game. And uh, Ortiz told me, he said, Booney, I I just had to get to a point where I was pinch hitting four times a game. And he yeah, said, exactly. and, and once I got to that mindset, he said it was off to the races. And obviously, David, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, yeah, <laughs> what happened? Like, that. like, like even, even when we play in the National League, I know I'm not going to play, but I'm going to pinch hit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to treat it like it's my first about of my DHing day. Right. And uh, I mean, right after that, I started doing good. Also, when I got pinched, yeah, it's amazing. It is. It's a mindset. It's something that doesn't just happen overnight. I yeah. I always envied the guys that that were great pinch hitters. And and I don't know if you remember a guy named Lenny Harris, yeah, who was a teammate of mine in Cincinnati for a lot of years. I think he's got the all time record for most pinch hits, and he was a big part of some of my Cincinnati Reds teams. 
and I used to tease him all the time. He'd say, Booney, I, I need to get a couple starts at second base. You know, can you get hurt or something like that? And I used to laugh. But I looked at his position and I thought, wow, that's tough. He, he might have to sit there for two or three days. And because Lenny was our first bat off the bench, left-hander, it was never going to be in a in a in a comfortable situation. Yeah, it was never going to be in an eight to two game. It was yeah. going to be against the closer in the ninth inning, two to one game, and it's a and he hasn't swung a bat in a game situation in three years. I really had a lot of respect to the not only the guys that were able to do that, but were able to do it successfully. Yeah, no doubt. This is it's a great challenge, you know, like. I had the chance last year to do it on a regular basis, and I, I mean, I like, wow, this is this is hard um, because I was facing, like you mentioned, um, late in the games, the closer, you know, and, and all that. Um, but, but you know, it take it take like a mindset to do it, like you said. You know, that's my job. That's what I had to do, and and don't don't complain about it. You know. Uh so many great years you had and and through the years i loved watching you i knew when you were a young player when you when you were in texas i'd watch i said this kid's gonna be good and i loved watching your your whole career and and especially your time in seattle and just the way you went about your game you know you were always a professional and and i was always a fan i'm not a fan of that many people but it, I remember watching you in Seattle. Going, you, I, I like that. I like that Nelson Cruz. Plus, you hung on to the bat with what with both hands. I like that too. Um, <laughs> I got a question for you about. I live in San Diego, and you came down here. You played for the Padres a year ago. I had big expectations for that team on paper. It looked, yeah. you know, you guys were loaded, especially on the offensive side. Snell ends up winning the, the Cy Young Award. You had Musgrove and Darvish. And, you know, I know Musgrove got hurt. And there were some injuries throughout the – what do you think happened to that San Diego Padre team a year ago where so much talent uh, and, and the pitching numbers were really good too as far yeah. as statistically. I don't statistically. know how, how, like how the, the numbers offensive side went up doing it, but I think that was the downside of it. I mean, we we expecting to to rake and do good as a heater, and I, that, I think that was the downside of the of the season. You know, uh, we didn't produce the way we're supposed to be doing. Um, still now thinking like, what was going on? Like, what was the deal? Like, how come? You know, um, but like in baseball, you, you can never predict. You know, it doesn't matter uh, how good you are, but it's hard for a team to put everything together. You know. Um, and but that's that's what I believe it happened. You know, the, the offense wasn't wasn't there. Yeah, and we it's have crazy. good games. We have good games, and then we go for like two or three games with we don't score enough. Um, we we lost a bunch of games two to nothing, three to nothing, three one. You know, um, and I believe that was that was that was that because pitching it was incredible. Like you mentioned, we had the side young, we have good pitching there. Waka, Mostrom, you know, um, and and going on Lugo. Um, but, but the, I, don't, I think the offense was the one who was missing. And you're right. You, you can never predict this game. You know, everybody just on face value, of course, what the Dodgers did this offseason. And you're with the Dodgers. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, unbelievable, the talent level that the Dodgers have. But you never know. You know, you got to you gotta factor in. No, you got to go the, there and play the game, you know. You got to go hope, there and play and the hope, game. And hope, and hope everybody's healthy. That's, that's the bottom line. 
Yeah. Did anybody think you mentioned at the top of the show? Did anybody think a year ago, Arizona, you know, they, they everybody was saying, oh, Arizona can't win this series. They yeah, can't win yeah. this series. Next thing you know, they're in the World Series or they're two games away from winning a World Series championship. Yeah. Nobody gave them a chance. That's a little bit Major League Baseball. And I think it has something to do with the new schedule where there's 12 teams that make the playoffs, whoever gets hot at the right time. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, once, once you just have to make the playoff. Once you're there, you know, anything can happen. And you, yeah. see, you see a lot of cases where, where wild cards are the ones who win the World Series, you know, and the favorite teams, they're out in the first round. So um, you always have to take that in consideration. I got a few questions and I'll let you out of here. As a young as a young man growing up, I know you're. Uh, no, I'll make it so. Who was your favorite player? Who did you look to as a big uh, the big leaguers as uh, when you were a kid? Who was your favorite players? Well, I watched um, Ken Griffey as well. I know everybody loves Ken Griffey, um, but but Blavi was the one that I always want to be like. You know, uh, I remember. Uh, playing to the minors, I hit with no batting glove in some points, even in the big league sometimes I hit with no batting glove. Um, I had a chance to play the hand and I was one of the dreams come true, you know, playing with the guy that I was admired to be like. And just to get to know him, the great heart that he has, you know, the great personality um, and man, they're like really humble. So um, that was one of the, my, my favorite years that I have as a player used to be able to play with the guy that I always want to be like. I remember playing against Vladdy. I, I can't explain him to people. I said, you, you, first of all, you can't pitch around him because he can hit anything. You know, you bounce <laughs> you, at everything. I think he would better if you pitch right down the middle. He was, he was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you played a lot of places. What's your favorite city out of all of them? Wow. Well, I, I got to mention two. I think uh, Seattle and Texas are the two ones that I – that I like the most, yeah. Today, Nelson Cruz, you, have, you can pick three. Three players you like to watch. Three big leaguers. Three, three players. Mm. Otani, obviously, you know. Um, Fernando Tatis and Mike Trout. Pretty good three. Pretty good three. Mm. Nelson Cruz, what are you most proud of? Wow. Um... I think the Roberto Clemente award, you know, um, the impact that you got off, off the field, um, people that you touch change life, you know, uh, it doesn't get better than that. Maybe hitting homers is better than seeing that. You know, get, 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 uh, the same, uh, smile on my face. Um, just to see people going like without teeth and then you see and leaving, with the, with that smile and 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 change um uh, going going to life seeing the life and seeing the world different you know more confidence and and whatever they they gotta go and and go against it last thing and i'll let you get out of here you're working with the dodgers we talked a little bit off camera tell the people uh watching or listening to the boom podcast right now what 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 is nelson cruz doing for the dodgers and that star-studded clubhouse right now well right now i'm helping you know um see kids that i they need help they call me like i think you should help this guy he need you help so i go there and talk to him and see what's going on and and go from there um i guess uh staying the game without playing 
um, and doing what you love, you know, um, because it's hard, like you play for so many years, you know, it's hard just to leave the game. Um, if you can stay around, at least doing something where you can bring that experience that you have to the years, to the young generation and, and help through that, you know, um, it, it doesn't get better. So, um, that's what I'm doing. Just helping, helping kids, uh, uh, develop and, and, and get better at whatever they're doing. Well, the Dodgers got a good one in Nelson Cruz. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Nelson. What a career uh, that you had. Like I said, I was a big fan and, and I loved watching you play and, and, and you, giving back now, you Me know, too, everybody. I, I, I love watching you play too. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I was a huge fan of you. But I'll tell you, through the years, you know, just I'd get up to Seattle time, time and again, and and I always would ask, "Hey, what's Nelson a good guy? Tell me he's a good guy because I love watching him play." They said, <laughs> "Oh, he's one of the best," you know. And and uh, getting to talk to you just briefly today, I, I can I can feel that. And I think you're gonna you have the ability. You're one of those guys that everybody respects so much, not just for for the numbers you put up in the game, but for how you went about your business. So I think you're going to be a, a huge plus for that Dodgers team having you. And, and it's cool too, because you played with and against a lot of these guys, you're still fresh. And now yeah. you say, now I don't have to chase the break a ball like you, but I can, <laughs> I can, I can help you. Well, try yeah, to not yeah. Yesterday, yesterday when I went, I went to uh, Plaza de Polanco, we went out, um, we went to a cigar bar and, when I was coming to the hotel, I was like, "Wow, I don't have to think about who's I gonna face tomorrow. Oh, I gotta oh. take batting practice. You know, this is this is awesome. Right. <laughs> so I don't have to just, think about I struck relax, out, you know, times. and and go out there and and just enjoy what you're doing. Just from your mind, just bring that to the to the other generation and whatever help you to become a good player. You just give that to them. Um, it comes natural, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about workout or, 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 or wow, this light is nasty today. The guy's throwing 100. That's right. You're not sitting in the corner <laughs> twitching yeah. because you chase that breaking ball off the plate. Yeah. I, oh, I've had nightmares. <laughs> I still have nightmares, Nelson. It, it never goes away. I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I woke up the other night. I was having a dream, and uh, I just signed with some team. Yeah, I'm 54 years old, and I was in the clubhouse. And, you know, I'm in pretty good shape and I'm going, I'm talking to myself. I'm going, how am I going to go out there and hit? They think I can hit. They signed me. I don't, I signed, <laughs> but I can't, I can't hit like I used to, <laughs> but they don't know. And they think I can, what am I going to do when everybody figures it out? So you uh, still have, you still have nightmares or, or dreams sometimes that put you back in uniform and then you wake up and you go, whoo. Okay, I don't have to face. I don't. I don't have to go face Kershaw today. I don't have to go face Degrom. You know. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's been a pleasure, Nelson. For all you out there watching the Boom Podcast now, newly on YouTube, or if you tuned in and listened, I appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, keep it right here, Brett Boom Podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Nelson. All right. Thank you.